0: Hallelujah. Praise God. Welcome back, friends. Welcome to Award of Victory. Lord we thank you and we praise you for this time of study today of your word Father. We ask you to open up our spiritual eyes, open up our spiritual ears so that we may see and hear your word Father in the name of Jesus. So that we can hear your voice Lord and so that we can follow you Lord in Jesus name. We thank you and we praise you Father God. Your word says that you keep us in perfect peace when our minds are stayed upon you because we trust in you. We trust in the Lord Yahweh forever for the Lord. He is the ever blasting rock. Praise God. That's Isaiah 26 verse 3. And I want to encourage you today, friend. You know, I, I believe today's uh, message is called Resurrection Power. And I always think the Lord has a great sense of humor that, um, <laughs> you know, I've been studying this teaching for um, the a good few days a past number of days and and studying the word of god and uh, the lord's been revealing things to me in a few places in scripture and you know that even in the midst of a battle and everybody goes through battles friend and uh, you know whatever battle or situation maybe that you're going through whether it's something in a relationship maybe it's something in your finances maybe it's a a situation with your physical body um i just want to encourage you today that you know, the spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead, the Holy Spirit, he lives inside of you. When you have asked Jesus to come into your life and to be Lord of your life, and when you study and follow and obey his word, the spirit uh, the Holy Spirit Himself resides and dwells inside of you, and He reconnects your spirit to God's uh, presence. And you know, it's the the Word of God says is that the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead lives inside of you, and He quickens and gives life to your mortal body, to your mortal flesh. So, to the life you're living upon this earth, it is the Spirit of God, that dunamis power, resurrection power, is the power that the Holy. Spirit has that's who he is and he uh, brings that resurrection power to live inside of us to transform our lives so I encourage you today in Jesus name to look up and to uh, allow the Lord's resurrection power to turn around and transform your circumstances no matter what they are amen praise God so um as I said I believe the Lord has a sense of humor because uh uh, you know, maybe sometimes people think that uh, people who who preach the word of God or who, who uh, you know, operate in the role of, of pastors or leaders in the church never have any problems. And uh, that's so far from the truth, you know, and uh, but I always think the Lord has such a sense of humor because he uses the word to minister to us, first of all. And as, as a, you know, I believe I'm, just a teacher of the Word of God. And as I uh, take this time to study with you and to show you what he's been showing me, um, you know, it is, first of all, me who's being ministered to. So let's turn to Luke chapter 7. And Lord, we just thank you today now. We praise you for the power in your word. We thank you for your precious Holy Spirit. And we thank you, Lord, for what you are speaking to each one of us today. Because, friend, he's not just speaking this to me. He's speaking it to you. And I guarantee you that, you know, no matter what the circumstances are in your life, God has the answer and he has the solution. And the solution is his resurrection power. Hallelujah. In in um Luke chapter 7, we come across this uh situation this encounter jesus had he was travelling down from capernaum and he came to this village called nain and uh, it's in verse 11 this luke 7:11 soon afterwards jesus went with his disciples to the village of nain and a large crowd followed him a funeral procession was coming out as he approached the village gate the young man who had died was a widow's only son and a large crowd from the village was with her. When the Lord saw her, his heart overflowed with compassion. Don't cry, he said. Then he walked over to her cof- to the coffin and touched it, and the bearer stopped. Young man, he said, I tell you, get up. Then the dead boy sat up and began to talk, and Jesus gave him back to his mother. Great fear spread through the crowd and they praised God saying a mighty prophet has risen among us and God has visited his people today and the news about Jesus spread throughout Judea and the surrounding countryside praise God uh, you know this, this I just want to tell you as well that's, that's Coco moving around there on the couch say hello Coco <laughs> and I also want to welcome my mom. and is here with us as well in agreement in Jesus name so this widow um you know her life was basically over because in those days um you know women had no ability to to make money uh you know for themselves it, it, often they didn't have property or you know and her husband was obviously dead and now her only son was dead and you see it was the son's job to look after the mothers uh, especially the widows and um in those days and so, you know, she was in a in a desperate desperate situation and Jesus, you know how well just as the funeral procession was coming out, you know, God's timing. He God is always on time. And it looked like everything was over for this woman. The the funeral procession was coming out. They were about to bury her son. And God showed up. Jesus Christ, yeah. the resurrection and the life showed up just at that moment. Uh, you think that's a coincidence? No, it's not. There are no coincidences in, in the presence of God. And um, Jesus heard the story that this was her only son. And, you know, his heart overflowed with compassion because he knew that he's his own mother would one day face this very soon where he would be gone and she would be left as this as this. uh as this widow, you know, broken hearted at the death of her son. And so this compassion flowed from Jesus. And, uh, you know, when Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead in John chapter 11, uh, he had an encounter as he was going towards Mary and uh, Martha's house. He met uh, Mary and Martha in two different uh, places. And he said to to you know, to them, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, though he perish, he will live forever. And you see, this is the thing is that when we invite Jesus Christ into our lives to be Lord, there is a transformation takes place and uh, life Uh, eternal everlasting life the power of God the dunamis resurrection power of God comes to live inside of us and praise God this is what happened here with this young man he called he touched the coffin and he said you know young man I tell you get up so Jesus Christ the resurrection and the life uh, of God uh, came and touched that family's life that day and everything was changed the young boy was raised back to life um, by God's resurrection power, by the spoken word of God, and listen, friend. No matter what situation you're going through, your uh, the word of God spoken through your mouth, uh, praise God has the power to turn around and transform any situation, because there, the word of God is alive and powerful. Uh, Hebrews chapter four tells us the word of God is alive and powerful, and sharper than any double-edged sword. So as we speak God's word, what we are doing is we are releasing God's resurrection power. Now, the Bible also tells us in Proverbs 18, verse 21, that death and life are in the power of the tongue. So therefore, the the words that we speak uh, not only have power to, to bring resurrection to a situation, but they also have power to bring death. And so that's why you must be so careful when you're speaking, when you're speaking about your body, when you're speaking about your marriage, when you're speaking about your finances or speaking about your children, you know, that you need to watch what you're saying and what you've said and we need to repent that's why Jesus said you know we will be judged on every idle word we have spoken and so in order not to be judged the word of God tells us in Corinthians that we need to judge ourselves that's why we take communion why we break bread because it's a time of examining our lives and examining you know what kind of way we're living and um thank you Jesus I praise you Lord so uh when we when we uh when we take authority over every idle word that we have spoken and repent of those words you know we are uh judging ourselves and therefore we will not be judged and then we can release words of life into whatever that situation is just like jesus spoke the word of life over this boy and he was raised from the dead um let's go to second kings chapter seven hallelujah oh i praise you jesus we worship you today thank you lord i come against every spirit of of uh, uh discouragement right now you know i just praise god we thank you lord we break the power of all discouragement we break the power of every accusation of the enemy father in jesus name we cast down those negative things lord we thank you That the accuser of the brethren has been cast down. That's what the Bible tells us. And we have overcome him, the accuser, by the blood of the lamb and by the word of our testimony. It's got nothing to do with ourselves. That woman had no power in herself that day to do anything. She was taken her son out to bury him. But Jesus Christ, the resurrection and the life, the power of God, his dunamis resurrection power came in to her life that day and her son and her life were totally transformed from that point on. Hallelujah. In 2 Kings chapter 7, you need to read this for yourself, friend, you know. Um, This is Elisha, E-L-I-S-H-A, not Elijah, Elisha, um, the prophet who took on the mantle of Elijah the older prophet but anyway he um had performed miracles and uh you know uh, with the prophets there there was a floating axe head in in chapter 6 and then you know there was um this this um, army from the the nation of the Armenians, and they were constantly trying to attack Israel. And so the king of Aram would tell his soldiers, you know, go to this place and attack the Israelites. And Elisha, the prophet, would hear from God. God would speak to him. <clears throat> and he would say, tell the king that uh, the Ar- the Armenians, sorry I'm not even pronouncing that right, but anyway those guys are, th- um, are going to attack the king of Israel at this place. So Elisha would send word to the king of Israel and the king of Israel would divert his troops or, or di- divert his own entourage and uh, every time the plans of the enemy were foiled and of course the the king of aram was so mad he questioned his troops asking them which one of them was a traitor you know which one of them was on the side of israel and um they they told him well it's not us it's this prophet elijah elijah he hears the very words you speak in your own bedroom and uh, he tells them to the king of israel and that's how uh, that we have been foiled every time and so they came uh, to Elisha's house, and and the king of Aram decided, I'm going to take out that prophet, and then the king of Israel won't have anyone, uh, you know, to tell him my plans. So they came, they surrounded Elisha's house, and it's uh, in Second Kings chapter six. And I'm sure you know this um, friend, but the servant, uh, Elisha's servant, who was Gehazi, went out in the morning and he saw this enemy army encamped all around them. And he he got totally disheartened and frightened and said, oh, my God, um, Master, we're surrounded. They're going to they're going to take us out. And Elisha told him, don't be afraid. There are more on our side than theirs. And then Elisha prayed, and and this is 2 Kings 6, verse 16 and 17. Then Elisha prayed, Lord, open his eyes and let him see. Now, the man's eyes were already opened. He was already seeing what was in front of him. The enemy was in front of him. But Elisha prayed, Lord, open his eyes. And so he was speaking in the spiritual realm. He was saying, open his spiritual eyes and let him see that there are more on our side than on theirs. And so it says that uh, The eyes of the young man were opened by the Lord. And when he looked up, he saw that the hillside around Elisha was filled with horses and chariots of fire. And I say that to you today, friend, because no matter what the circumstances, it may look like that the enemy has you cornered and trapped and surrounded on every side. But guess what? You know, greater is he living in you than he that's in the world. There is more on your side than on the enemy's side. Um. Praise God when you know the Lord and when you know that he is for you, who can be against you? And so, you know, ask the Lord to open your spiritual eyes and let you uh, understand and perceive how God is for you and, you know, let uh, his plan come to pass in your life. Maybe it's time for you to give up uh, your own works and, and trying to solve it and work it out yourself. You know, maybe it's time for you to really hand over that situation to the Lord once and for all. And And I say this often, you know, but I think that we as human beings, this is our nature. We come to the Lord with the problem. We bring it to him and we say, oh, Lord, I leave it with you. And, you know, we leave it there at the cross. And then on our way out, we go back and collect it and bring it back upon our back again and take it with us to solve it ourselves. I I think this is our nature and this is the thing we need to do you know we have to enter his rest we have to rest in the lord we have to do what we're supposed to do and and then trust him with it but anyway this is uh getting sidetracked praise god so um what elisha prayed was lord he prayed for his servants' eyes to be opened, and then he prayed, "Father, I ask you to make uh, this whole en- this whole army blind, strike them with blindness." So the Lord did, and they they led this enemy army right into the capital city, Samaria, and um. You know, they, they treated them very well, they fed them and they watered them, and then they let them go, and the enemy's eyes, the blindness was taken off them, and they were sent back out, uh back to their king with their with their uh tail between their legs, and so that was great. But then this army Uh, sometime later, a new king came to power there and he decided he was going to come against Israel again and attack them. And this is where we pick it up in chapter 7. At this point, this army has come back. They have surrounded the city of Samaria. They have surrounded it for so long that no provisions and no supplies were brought to the city. So the inhabitants of the city were starving. They were, you know, they were in such dire need. There was no food uh, at all. So much so that if you look at it there, it's in 2 Kings chapter 6. Um, As a result, there was a great famine in the city in verse 25. The siege lasted so long that a donkey's head sold for 80 pieces of silver. Imagine that. And a cup of do- of dove's dung. <laughs> Uh, dog, doves' poo sold for five pieces of silver. That's how um, desperate the people were for something to eat. One day, as the king of Israel was walking along the wall, a woman called to him, Please help me, my lord the king. And he answered, If the Lord doesn't help you, what can I do? I have neither food from the threshing floor nor wine from the press to give you. But the king asked, What is the matter? And she replied, She went on to tell him this story about this other woman who was with her, who had told her the previous day, let's take your son and cook him and eat him. Now, this is how bad things were, that the people had actually turned to cannibalism in order to survive. And she said, this woman said, let's take your son and cook him and eat him. And then tomorrow we'll take my son and cook him and eat him. And she said, so I did. I took my son, we cooked him and we ate him. And now today it's her turn to cook her son and eat him. And she's after hiding her son. And it says that the king, when he heard this in verse 30, he was so distressed. He tore his clothes in despair. And as he walked along the wall, the people could see that he was wearing burlap or sackcloth under his robe next to his skin. And this is what I wanted to show you here, friend. You know, the king was the one in authority over that over that city. And, you know, there is a saying um, we have and it says, you know, it comes from the top down. And when he tore his clothes at this terrible thing he had just heard, the people actually saw that underneath his robes and his finery, he was actually wearing sackcloth. And in those days, when one... uh, humbled themselves or repented, you know, before God and humbled themselves before God, they would fast and pray and they would put on sackcloth and, uh, you know, even cover themselves with ashes. And it was symbolic of themselves humbling themselves before God. And, you know, the king, because he had done this thing, because he had humbled himself before God, God had come on the scene. And that's something we need to realize is that, you know, Jesus said, learn from me, for I am uh, humble of heart. He said that in Matthew chapter 11. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. So we need to do as Jesus did and we need to humble ourselves. Now, this doesn't mean that you lay yourself prostrate, uh, you know, before people and allow people to abuse you or, or or go around, you know, trying to make God like you because of, of hard things you go through or, or sort of pain penances you you put upon your body beating yourself up no that's not what we do we humble ourselves before God by receiving what he did for us his gift of salvation in the person of his son Jesus Christ that's what means what it means to enter his rest uh, that's what it means uh, to receive his gift of righteousness we can do nothing to make ourselves right with God but here anyway getting back to this in second king six and seven The king had humbled himself before God in his private time. You see, he he was still wearing his kingly outfit, his, his fine robes. Uh, but underneath he was he he was wearing the sackcloth and ashes because you see um, remember Jesus said and and when he was teaching the disciples about prayer he said when you pray go into your closet and shut the door you know don't be like the hypocrites who like to dress themselves in in sackcloth and ashes and pray out on the streets and say say, oh look at me how great I am for, for praying and humbling myself before God no Jesus said go away and do it privately and the Lord who sees and private will reward you openly you know and so this king was doing that and it wasn't the people would never have known that he was wearing sackcloth only for the fact that that these two women and this this brutal and, and vile encounter that he had with them, of what they had resorted to. And so the king, you know, he 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 just was so disheartened, he he got desp he got uh, angry with uh, the prophet Elisha, who was the one who had delivered and 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 brought him good news so often in the past. And he blamed Elisha, the prophet, for this and he said, May God strike me if I don't if I don't behead that prophet Elisha today. But anyway he decided to send a messenger to go to Elisha to bring him to, to, to kill him because <laughs> he just he lost the rag as they say and he decided I'm going to kill that prophet and uh, Elisha was sitting in his house and he knew that the king had sent somebody for him and so he met him and he said listen the Lord is going to turn things totally around and let's pick it up in verse or in chapter seven, Second Kings 7 Elisha replied, listen to this message from the Lord. This is what the Lord says. And this is why it's so important for us to hear the prophetic voices, to hear God's word. You know, the word of God, the Bible, is a word of prophecy because every single word in this word of God um, will be fulfilled. Um, so much of it has already been fulfilled. And where we can see this especially is in the land of Israel. But God's word, will he watches over his word to see that it is performed. Um So, you know, listen to this message from the Lord. This is what the Lord says. By this time tomorrow in the markets of Samaria, five quarts of choice flour will cost only one piece of silver and 10 quarts of barley grain will cost only one piece of silver. Now, what Elisha was prophesying here was something that was totally impossible if you were to look at the circumstances they were in right now. We just read a minute ago that a donkey's head sold for 80 pieces of silver. You know, that a piece of uh, poo that a bird dropped on the ground sold for five pieces of silver. That people were actually eating this. And now here, um, Elisha was prophesying something that was completely impossible. And the officer who was assisting the king said to the man of God, that couldn't happen, even if the Lord opened the windows of heaven. And so often men, oh, in our pride and, 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 you know, in our in our ignorance of God's power, we speak out things, uh, you know, that is completely and utterly impossible. And that's what this man did. He spoke out of his backside, if you want to know the truth, because he was not speaking uh you know, according to the power of God. And he was refuting what the prophet had said. And this is why I'm telling you, friend, and I've said it the last few podcasts, be very careful. Be very careful about condemning, uh, you know, the voice of of prophets. Yes, there are false prophets. Yes, there are. I've seen many of them. But I'll tell you, we need to know as we test the spirit of God and as we uh, as we, understand that when God is speaking to us you know you will know in your spirit uh praise God when you when you ask the Holy Spirit to to show you the truth but anyway let's get back here Elisha replied you will see it happen with your own eyes but you won't be able to eat any of it And so what happened was there was these four lepers. You can go on to read it here yourself. There was these four lepers. They were sitting at the city gate. So you see, the lepers at that time were outcasts. They were seen as, you know, no good to anybody. In fact, they were a threat because very often uh, people believed that that... disease they had was contagious and so you know they were very often deformed in their bodies um, often grotesquely really you know uh, the the way the disease ravaged their bodies was just absolutely horrendous and uh, you know it was the Lord who used these very people and he's no different. The Lord never changes. And you and I, friend, we may not have leprosy. We may not have, you know, gross deformities of some kind. But I'll tell you this. Each one of us, we are broken vessels. Uh, in fact, Paul says it in Second Corinthians chapter 4 that we are fragile, um, fragile clay jars. That, you know, just one drop and we're broken. Um, but anyway, praise God. These lepers were sitting at the gate because they were not allowed inside the city and so they were chatting amongst themselves uh, in their weakened famine uh, state of of starvation and they came up with a plan and they said, you know what, this enemy, these Armenians, they're sitting out there, they've starved the city, we're sitting here starving, we're going to die anyway Why don't we go out and appeal to them? And they may actually take us in and give us some food. And if they don't, they'll kill us. But look, we're going to die anyway. So they had this fatalistic approach. And, you know, often what comes when somebody's at the very end of their rope is that the Lord, you know, then is when the Lord can shine through his power and his light. And this is exactly what he did here. So they went out at twilight to the camp of the Armenians. But when they came to the edge of the camp, no one was there for the Lord had caused the Armenian army to hear the clatter of speeding chariots um, and of the galloping of horses and the sounds of a great army approaching. So God had done a supernatural miracle. He had caused this enemy army to hear something that was not there. And, And so many times in the Bible, the Lord did this. He did it for David as well um he did it with joshua uh he did it with um gideon um you know where he caused some kind of a supernatural uh fear irrational fear of some kind to come upon the enemy and uh, in many cases, when he did it, when the Lord did it, in other cases, uh, they they just, Jehoshaphat was another one. Uh, they turned around and started killing each other, the enemy army. But this enemy army actually dropped everything and fled for their lives because they heard this supernatural sound of an approaching army. And you can be sure, you know, one of the Lord's names is the Lord's, the Lord of heaven's armies. <clears throat> Praise God. And someday... All of us uh, believers will ride on horses uh, in God's army. You know that? And right now here on this earth, that's, you are, you are in God's army, friend, even now and and that's why he wants you to rise up and that's why the enemy has come against you and why he's tried to beat you down and break you and destroy you but guess what Jesus said the thief may come to steal, kill and destroy but I have come that you may have life and have it more abundantly Jesus came to give you abundant life he, gave, he came to give you his strength and his power his dunamis power that no foe can withstand no matter what circumstances you're going through so anyway getting back to this the um, the enemy army said to themselves, the king of Israel has hired the Hittites and the Egyptians to attack us, they cried to one another. So they panicked and ran into the night, abandoning their tents, their horses, their donkeys and everything else as they fled for their lives. You know, it's just a comical picture, isn't it? And when the lepers arrived, can't you imagine them, you know, kind of sheepishly, uh, tentatively? Uh, coming up to this camp uh, waiting for some kind of an arrow to hit them and kill them and they come and they find nobody there. When they arrived at the edge of the camp they went into one tent after another eating and drinking wine and they carried off silver and gold and clothing and hid it. Finally they said to each other this is not right this is a day of good news and we aren't sharing it with anyone. If we wait until morning, some calamity will certainly fall upon us. Come on, let's go back and tell the people at the palace. And they went back to the city and told the gatekeepers what happened. We went out into the army and camp, they said, and no one was there. The horses and donkeys were tethered and the tents were all in order, but there wasn't a single person around. Then the gatekeepers shouted the news to the, to the palace. So the, the news came to the king. He heard this and he said it's a trap. They're out there and they're waiting for us and they're when we when we ride out there they're going to attack us and then they're going to come in and take over the city and then we will have lost. But praise God one officer spoke up and he said, "Look, King, Why don't we take those last five horses we have and send out riders on them to scout around the area to see if they can see um, any trace of the Armians hiding anywhere to see if it is a trap. And if they find nobody, let's go do it. So the king agreed to it and the chariots and the horses were prepared. The king sent scouts to see what happened to the army and army. They went all the way to the Jordan River following a trail of clothing and equipment that the Armians had thrown away in their mad rush to escape. Praise God. I'm reading this today, you know, from the NLT, the New Living Testament. And I just love it because it's it's contemporary English. I always, I have my King James my new king james opened here in front of me as well but um you know it's 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 lovely to to read the way this is wrote so in their mad rush to escape they you know you can see them running for their lives and and throwing off their outer garments and all the things that were weighing them down <laughs> as they were fleeing from this enemy that they were hearing which wasn't there at all praise god he's the god of the supernatural he's our god he's the god of the impossible And there is nothing impossible to him, Uh, praise God. So the people from Samaria rushed out and plundered the army and camp. And it was true that five quarts of choice flour were sold that day for one piece of silver and 10 quarts of barley grain were sold for one piece of silver, just as the Lord had promised The king appointed his officer to control the traffic at the gate. This is the guy who said that could never happen even if God opened the windows of heaven. But he was knocked down and trampled to death as the people rushed out. Praise God. It was just as Elisha had prophesied. And that man, because he had made no room for the prophetic, because he had not, you know, like in, in, in First Chronicles 20 where Jehoshaphat was told, believe in his prophets and you shall prosper. That man had made no room for the prophetic. But the king had. And that's why the whole city was saved. And the king had obeyed God and had humbled himself. Because you see, friend, no matter how great a person is, no matter how powerful, no matter how wealthy, no matter how intelligent... No matter what kind of family one has been born into, if one does not humble themselves before God and realize that we are all sinners, this is the thing. All of us have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. This is why the Lord told us, you know, don't think of yourself more highly than you ought. This doesn't mean that you, that you, um, allow people to treat you like some kind of piece of dirt. No, it's that you carry yourself as a king, but that you realize that you're in this position. God says you're a king and a priest unto him. He says you're part of a royal priesthood. But you carry yourself with the grace of God, you know, knowing that your righteousness has not come about because of yourself and because of your own good deeds or because of, you know, how intelligent you are, how powerful you are, how much money you give away. It's got nothing to do with you or me. It's the righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ. Praise God. As we humble ourselves, we will see, you know, God's hand move. As we humble ourselves and realize that we ourselves have no power in ourselves. This is what makes me sad right now about, you know, governments that I see, uh, people in leadership, you know, they're... And, and this is why President Trump faced such opposition is because he made room for the prophetic. He made room for the word of God and he made, you know, the right to life, uh, the hatred of abortion and, and the, the freedom of, of faith um, a priority in his presidency. And that's why they hate him so much, friend. And and don't ever think that it's because he's stupid or because he's he says things. I know, you know, things he says and all that. But, you know, the Lord can use anyone. He used four lepers here to bring total deliverance to a city that had plenty of an army, you know, had a, an army that was a, a mighty army. But they couldn't defeat this enemy. And right now what I'm hearing, you know, I'm not hearing any leader call out to God. I'm not hearing any leader. Uh, any government leaders, very few of them in fact, crying out to God for help. And that is why there is no help. And be very clear about it. That's why there is no help. Because these people, I don't care who they are, what council or what United Nations or what uh, WHO or what government or what nefesh or wherever, whoever these people are, I don't care who they are. Because unless they know the Lord, they have no help. And they have no power in themselves. They can come up with strategies. They can come up with this counsel and that counsel and this wisdom. And all of it is only hot air coming out of their backsides. Because they have no power in themselves. God uses the foolish things to confound the wisdom of the wise. He always has and he always will. But anyway, praise God. Let's get back to this. You know, this this enemy army had inflicted such punishment on these people. And I had three points here today, actually, you know, where where God's resurrection power is, heartache turns to joy. Heartache, what, you know, where people have become disheartened, where people have have got a pain in their hearts, where people have been, you know, grieved and saddened and, and broken, turns to joy in the presence of God where his resurrection power is and where the enemy has inflicted punishment and pain and crushed people that bondage turns to freedom in the presence of god that's what happened here that's what happened in the in the situation with the woman in uh, the the widow in the village of nain that heartache was turned to joy that pain that 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 bondage that crushing was turned to freedom it's what happened in this city here What the enemy has caused to be stolen or hindered from us, or hindered, uh, where he has hindered us from receiving. In actual fact, God will turn around that situation so that what the enemy has stored up and blocked from us is stored up for us to receive. That's what happened when they went from tent to tent that enemy army you know they didn't have time to pack up all their stuff and they had amazingly you know that's what used to happen in those days was that the armies would bring all their wealth with them onto the battlefield so all that was laid up there and god used these four outcasts these four lepers who decided let's just let's just go and do this and and uh, you know trust god for his favor that with these with this enemy that they'll feed us instead of killing us. And they're the ones who brought the good news to the city of Samaria. All of us are broken vessels, like I said earlier on in Second Corinthians chapter four. You know, we're broken vessels each one of us, but it's through the cracks. It's through the, the, the places where we have been broken and where our lives haven't been perfect. That's where God's light can shine. Praise Jesus thank you lord we bless you we thank you jesus thank you lord we bless your name praise god let's come back and break bread friend come back to me praise god welcome back friends hallelujah we thank you jesus Hallelujah. We praise you, Jesus. Like I said, anyway, you know, where the enemy has caused circumstances, you know, to steal from you or or to seek to destroy you, those things are are restored in the presence of God and they must be restored. And in fact, while you're in 2 Kings, if you just flick back um, the chapter to uh, 2 Kings chapter 4, um, there is a encounter here with um, Elisha again, the prophet and a woman who lived in a place called Shunem, a town called Shunem and you know she had no children Um, her husband was elderly and um, the prophet Elisha would pass by her house and in those days you know Uh, when somebody would see someone passing by they'd invite them to come into their home to eat with them and uh, this woman invited Elisha to come into her home many times as he passed on the road to eat and then she spoke to her husband and she said will we make a little room up on the top of the house uh, for the prophet so he can come in and lie down and rest here or he can stay the night and so they did that and you know Elisha uh, spoke to Gehazi his servant and said you know is there anything we can do for this woman and the servant said you know she's got no son she's got no child and so Elisha prophesied to her and said this time next year you're going to have a son and um, it went on that as the son uh, grew up um, you can read it yourself we don't have time to go through it all but when her son grew up he was a, a about 12 years old, I think, and he was out in the fields with his father one day and he collapsed and he actually died. And she brought him to the house and she laid him on the prophet's bed in the room that she had made for the prophet Elisha. And she left her house that day and she um, traveled a great distance on a donkey. With her servant to the prophet's house, Elisha, and she said, You know, did I even ask you for a son? You gave me this son, and now he's after dying. You need to come with me to my house. And uh, Elisha, to cut a long story short, Elisha came with her to her house, and her son was raised from the dead. Her son was raised from the dead. And you know, because this woman, like the king in the city of Samaria, who made room for the prophetic, who made room for God, and who humbled himself, this woman did exactly that same thing, and you—you know—I encourage you to read that—that that, um, scripture. It's in Second Kings chapter four, verses eight, um, down to thirty-six, I think, um, you know, where this—the woman's supernatural uh, promise of this son, this child, who she thought she'd never have because her husband was elderly, and, you know, there's a whole load of things goes with that. But anyway, um. When the son died, he was raised from the dead, and praise God this is, went on in in um praise what chapter is that in now let me just see I'm missing here uh second Kings eight in second Kings eight after the um deliverance for the city of samaria um the Prophet Elisha came back into contact with this woman and he had told her previously that there would be a famine in the land and to take her and her son um, and to go to the land of the Philistines and stay there for a while. So again, because this woman had always made room for the prophetic, because she had always made room for God's word in her life and because she was hearing him speak to her. Uh, the prophet spoke to her and told her, take your family and go because it's going to be a famine. And so she did and she moved away. And um, let's pick it up here. When the famine was over, the woman came back from the land of the Philistines. And this is Second Kings chapter 8 verse uh, 4. And she came back and you see, in those days when you'd leave um for a long time, somebody else would come and maybe live in your house or take over your lands and stuff. And so you'd have to go back to the king to plead for the return of your goods. And this is what I wanted to say to you, friend, is that, you know, when the enemy causes uh, disaster or whatever uh, to to steal from you, it has to be restored according to the word of God. It has to be restored in full. When we come to the king, and this is, you know, coming before the court of, of God, he is the righteous judge. And we come before him through the blood of Jesus Christ. And in, in, in no other way can we come before God, because we do not want to be judged. And this is why we take the bread, we break the bread, we take the cup, we judge ourselves, and we repent, we humble ourselves before God. And um, this woman, came before the king and you see everything in the old testament is a foreshadow of everything in the new testament she came before the king and as she came before him that very day at that very moment elisha's servant gehazi was talking to the king and the king was saying tell me about some of the things that the great prophet Elisha did and Gehazi was telling him about this woman who had no child who had uh, you know ministered to the prophet and who had had this son and how when in later years when that son had grown that the son had died and Elisha had raised him from the dead and at that very moment that Gehazi was retelling that story to the king this woman walked in back from her few years of living away in a foreign land um, after the famine was over and she was here to request her lands back from the king. Let's pick it up there. As she came in the king was talking with Gehazi and he was um, asking Gehazi, the servant of the man of God, tell me some stories about the great things Elisha has done. And Gehazi was telling the king about the time Elisha had brought a boy back to life. At that very moment, the mother of the boy walked in to make her appeal to the king about her house and land. Look, My lord, the king Gehazi exclaimed, Here is this woman now, and this is her son, the very one Elisha brought back to life. Is this true? the king asked her. And she told him the story. So he directed one of his officials to see that everything she had lost was restored to her, including the value of any crops that had been harvested in her absence. This woman had left the land that she owned and had gone away for seven years of a famine and God miraculously, supernaturally restored everything to her uh, her land, her property not only that but even any crops that had been harvested while she was away she received the value for that that was, you know, taken off her land she was paid uh, in full praise God Listen, friend, there are no coincidences. That wasn't a coincidence. And you know, the king, this was a testimony for the king as well about the goodness of God and about God's power. That at the very moment he was asking the servant of, of the prophet, and as he was retelling this story, here stands in front of him the very woman and the very child that was born, uh, supernaturally and that was raised from the dead supernaturally. Praise God. God always confirms his word. He always confirms his word. He watches over his word to see that it is performed. And he will never leave you down. And he is speaking to you, friend. He has spoken words of life, words of resurrection. That's why Jesus said, you know, he he went to the tomb where Lazarus was and he told his sisters, I am the resurrection and the life. That's in John chapter 11. You need to be studying the scripture for yourself. You know, read it. Like I said to you last week, you know, go on Bible Gateway and click on the speaker button and and uh, let someone read it to you at the same time uh, as you read it, if that makes it easier for you. But you need to study the word of God for yourself, friend. You need to read this and allow the Lord to speak to you. And allow him to minister to you because he wants to speak words of life. He wants to speak and, 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 re- and release his resurrection power into your situation. Praise God. And Father, I come against every attack of the enemy, against these, my friends, my brothers and my sisters today. I break the power of every assignment of the enemy that has been released against their life. I break the power of all discouragement. I break the power of the spirit of fear. I break the power of every spirit of strife and offence that has been released against you. I release, Father, I ask you to release supernatural grace, supernatural patience, supernatural mercy into this one's life today that they may turn around and look at those circumstances with different eyes, Lord, in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. I thank you, Father, that you have given us the power to confront the enemy and not just to confront him, identify his strategies, his maneuvers, and that by trusting in you, Lord, we can overturn every plot, every threat, every snare and every trap by the power of the blood of Jesus. Hallelujah. That power that lives inside of us is your dunamis resurrection power that no foe can withstand. The enemy is vanquished Hallelujah. He has been defeated. Read it in Colossians chapter 1, Colossians chapter 2, where Jesus disarmed the enemy and he made a public spectacle of him. He defeated him once and for all. And he is an illegal operator if he is uh, bringing an assignment against you or your family friend. If he's bringing an attack against your body. If he's bringing whatever situation, financial uh, lack. Listen, all must be restored. Praise God. Lord, we thank you today. And, and and just as Jesus spoke, you know, and I felt this this morning in a situation that we have going on personally. I felt as Jesus stood outside that tomb, he commanded, roll away the stone. And, you know, maybe you need to speak to that situation today and say, ministering angels of God, I command you go and roll away that stone. And I speak to that person, whoever it is. Maybe it's a person in your life. Maybe it's a family member. Maybe it's a, you know, a child who has gone astray. Maybe it's a financial situation where, where the enemy has totally tied you up in bondage financially. And I believe this is happening right now, friend. But listen, just like that woman from Shunem, everything was repaid to her. You have the authority uh, through the blood of Jesus Christ to know that he became poor so that you would be rich. Uh, He became cursed so that every curse would be broken over you. Jesus said, I came to preach the good news, the good news to the poor. What good news could you give to a poor person? but that poverty is a curse and that that curse has been broken and that God wants you to be blessed. He wants you to live in abundance, not so you can store up, you know, palaces and, and and fancy cars for yourself, but so that you can have all your needs met and so that you can go out and meet other people's needs so that you can go out and bring an end to the misery that's going on in people's lives all around you and all around this world. That's what the finances have been stored up for. Praise God. Lord, we praise you and we thank you today. The enemy has been vanquished. And as Jesus stood in front of that tomb and said, Roll away that stone. So we do that to our circumstances today, Lord. We release ministering angels and we command that stone to be rolled back. And we speak to whatever situation, whoever, you know, Lazarus is in your life, whether it's financial, whether it's sickness, whether it's a person. You speak to that one and you say, Lazarus, as in the same way that Jesus said, Lazarus, come out. We speak the same thing. Come out in Jesus' name and be delivered. And we command ministering angels to untie that whole situation. You know, Jesus said when he said, Lazarus, come out. And Lazarus came out. And then he said, untie and unwrap him. Take off those cords of death. Take off those wrappings of death. And again, you know, Jesus, just as the same situation with the widow in the city, in the village of Nain, Jesus saw himself here because he knew he was going into the tomb and that the cords of death, though they may have entangled him, they could not hold him because the power, the resurrection power of Jesus Christ, uh, you know, uh, broke every bondage and every entanglement of death. And that's why he defeated the power of Satan and the power of death. And that's what we're doing as we take this bread today. Lord Jesus, we thank you for your word. We thank you, Lord, for your resurrection power. The same in, in Mark chapter 5, when Jesus went with Jairus to his home and he saw that little girl lying in the bed dead. And he said to her, little girl, I say to you, arise, get up. He spoke the word of resurrection power over her. Praise God. You know, uh, as we entertain God's presence, as we... Well, You know, not just entertain, but he comes to dwell and live inside of us. And as we live a lifestyle, being led by the Spirit of God, we are the sons of God. Uh, Romans 8 tells us because of that. And so as we make room for the prophetic word of God, as we make room for the impossible, for the supernatural of God. So much I hear Christians, you know, uh, speaking against uh, you know, people who, who want to believe God, who have seen the supernatural of God operate in their lives. Listen, those people who come against those, those uh, people who, who, who believe in, in God's impossible, um, the power of the impossible, they will never see the, the, the impossible in their lives. They will never see the miracles in their lives because they don't believe in it and because they're speaking against it. Don't speak against the, the word of God. The Bible is a word of prophecy. Jesus Christ was made unto us the spirit of prophecy. Listen, do not come against the word of God. Let the Lord, you know, leave it with the Lord. If it's something you're not sure of, leave it with the Lord. Ask the Lord to show you. Ask the Lord to minister the truth to you in Jesus' name. But don't curse yourself. Hallelujah. Let's take this bread today. So, friend, Lord, we thank you and we praise you for this bread. We thank you, Lord. This bread is a symbol of your body that was broken for us, Jesus. Let's turn to Isaiah chapter 53 and we'll read it as we study it. Praise God. Isaiah chapter 53 and verses... Um. Let's start at the beginning. Who has believed our message? To whom has the Lord revealed his powerful arm? My servant grew up in the Lord's presence like a tender green shoot, like a root in dry ground. There was nothing beautiful or majestic about his appearance, nothing to attract us to him. He was despised and rejected, a man of sorrows, acquainted with deepest grief. We turned our backs on him and looked the other way. He was despised and we did not care. Yet, It was our weaknesses, our griefs he carried. It was our sorrows that weighed him down. Our sicknesses weighed him down. And we thought his troubles were a punishment from God, a punishment for his own sins. But he was pierced for our rebellion. He was pierced. They nailed him to the cross for our sins, friend. That's what that means. He was pierced for our transgressions. Our sins are what nailed Jesus to the cross. He was bruised. He was uh, beaten, crushed for our iniquities, our iniquities, the things that other people have done to us, the things that have come down the generations upon us that we had no power over, the things that that have been handed down in families, addictions, sicknesses, diseases, failure, poverty, these iniquities, abuse. Anything that has been perpetrated upon you by another person or out of your control. Those things are iniquities. They're the reason Jesus was beaten. Sicknesses that have come in your body. You know, sicknesses come in people's body because of, of things that have gone on in the past, especially trauma. And we need to cut the soul ties with the past. There will be things that the Lord will surface in your life that you'll remember. Times of trauma or pain or grief. Things that went on in the past. You need to bring those things to the Lord. Take a piece of of bread or a cracker and take a drink and bring it to the Lord and pray about it and release it to him. Release the pain and allow him to fill you with his peace instead. That's what those iniquities are. He was bruised for our iniquities. He was chastised. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. He was beaten so we could be made whole. He was whipped so we could be healed. Mm-hmm. By the stripes of Jesus, you have been healed. Your heart has been healed. Your physical body has been healed. Your organs have been healed. It's already been done, friend, at the cross of Jesus Christ. That's in 2 Peter 2.24. You know, uh I have to go in blank now, but anyway, you can look it up yourself um by his stripes. you have been healed. Praise God, Lord. We thank you as we eat this bread today. We eat healing and wholeness into every area of our lives, our emotions, our hearts, our uh, physical bodies, our relationships, our marriages our our relationships with our children, our relationships with our extended family members. Yes, they may be acting like devils. You know what the Lord says? He says, as far as possible, as much as depends on you, live at peace with all men so what that means is, is that you keep examining your heart and make sure your heart is right Father I forgive them Father give me the grace to forgive them forgive me the grace to have mercy on them Father in the name of Jesus you know that this is something the enemy uses to try and stir up um, anger and resentment and offence in me Lord I don't want to live like that I don't want to come under the strife that's operating with them Lord I I, I cut those soul ties to that strife in Jesus name I refuse to to come under that blanket of oppression that's operating with them. Leave them to the Lord. Does that mean you've got to go kissy kissy to people who have abused you? No, it doesn't. But you need to have your heart right and forgive them and release them to the Lord. Hallelujah. Father, we just thank you today as we eat this bread for the... How many times is this now we've started? <laughs> Praise God. Thank you, Lord. We, we eat this bread today and we eat the understanding of your word that you came to set us free, that you are the resurrection and the life, Jesus. And we speak your resurrection power into every part of our physical bodies and every part of our lives, our finances, our marriages, our children. Our extended family, our work, our businesses, Lord, those things that are failing, Father God, even our very governments, Father God, even our nation, Lord, we speak, Lord, the resurrection power of the love of Jesus Christ and of your life and your death that you, uh, the, 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 the uh, praise God, the victory that you secured for us at the cross, Lord, we release that today in Jesus' name. Amen. You can take your bread. Hallelujah. Praise God. Lord, we praise you and we thank you for changing us, Lord. Change us, transform us, Lord, by your love. Transform us with your mercy, Father, in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. We thank you, Jesus. Like Isaiah said, you know, Isaiah the prophet had a vision of the Lord on his throne. And he said, I saw the Lord high and lifted up and seated on his throne. And, and the th- you know, there's actually a song. His train filled the temple. There's a song, um, oh golly, by um, John Wiles. I think his name is, oh my God, he sings that song. I saw the Lord seated on his throne. He was clothed in glory, exalted high. And the train of his robe filled the temple. And the angels circle round him, and they cry, they cry, they cry, you are holy, oh, so holy, Jesus, you Anyway, look up John Wiles' version. It's way better. <laughs> Praise God. But when Isaiah saw that, he saw the Lord seated on the throne. And he you know what his reaction was, the great prophet of God? He bowed before God and he humbled himself and he said, woe is me, for I am a man of unclean lips. And it says it. This is in Isaiah chapter six, and it says the angel, one of the angels, went and took a coal from the fire and touched Isaiah with the lip on on the lips. And you see, praise God, this is what the mistake we made. We we try and and have God come down to our situations when all the time He is calling us, come up, come up, and be touched by the fire, the fire of the throne room of heaven and see your life transformed and changed. Praise God. It's one of my favorite chapters in the book of Revelation. It's Revelation 4 and Revelation 7. And it says, you know, I saw in heaven what was going on in heaven. That's why Jesus said, you know, pray thy will be done on this earth as it is in heaven. He doesn't say, pray your will be done on this earth as it is on earth. Listen, there's nothing good on earth. We live in a beautiful world. We live with beautiful people. But you know satan is the god of this world and that's why there's such horrific things going on uh you know and such perversion and such disaster and 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 destruction those things are coming from the god of this world who is satan but when we come up and when we go up and and see how it is in heaven there's no sickness in heaven there's no poverty or lack in heaven there's no strife or discord in heaven there's no hatred there's no murder there's no abortion in heaven. There's no, uh, you know, gossip or vile talk. He is holy and He has made us holy through His sacrifice. And as we take this cup today, Lord, we remember, Lord Jesus, uh, that You took our sins, You took them upon Yourself, and You took them away from us so that we could be cleansed and made right. And in First John chapter 1, verse 9, it says, if we have committed sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins. And it says, you know, if we say we don't have any sins, we're telling lies because we do each one of us. That's why we come to the Lord and it says he will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness and he has given us the gift of righteousness his righteousness his perfect sacrifice that's why we take bread and why we take the cup is we you know don't don't take communion as as some kind of a ritual friend because you are you are uh, opening yourself up to a spirit of death if you do go read it in in 1 Corinthians chapter 11 if we don't examine ourselves uh, before we take the cup and the bread you know um and, and it's, it's, it's a, oh, hallelujah. It's an encounter between us and God where we can be made right with God. In Jesus' name. So as we take this cup today, Lord, we remember what you did for us, that all of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And Lord, we repent for our sins. We repent for the times we have judged others. We repent for hating. We repent for hating people in our hearts, which is the same as the spirit of murder, you said, Lord. We ask you to forgive us, Father, in the name of Jesus. We ask you to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. We ask you to forgive us for the times when we have grieved your precious Holy Spirit and where we have not believed your word, where we have not believed you where we have doubted, where we have uh, got involved and entertained the enemy instead of Instead of uh, allowing your spirit to lead us, Lord, in Jesus name, we thank you today, Lord, for washing us and cleansing us. We thank you for washing and cleansing us, even back our bloodlines. Lord, we repent and take accountability for the sins of the fathers that have visited down the generations that have opened the door for curse upon our lives. We say today in the name of Jesus, those things stop now at the blood of Jesus Christ and they will not come upon our children or our descendants in Jesus name we declare it and we thank you today as we take this cup Lord Jesus we proclaim your death until you come again we proclaim your resurrection Lord Jesus because you are not dead you're alive hallelujah and you're coming again for your church And we are the members of your church, your body on this earth. And Lord, we ask you to shine through the cracks and the broken places in our lives and reflect your glory right throughout this world, Lord, in Jesus' name. We thank you for using us, Lord. We thank you for filling us with your power in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You can take your cup. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I release your word today, Father. In the name of Jesus, I thank you for the power of the Spirit of God in this word. And I thank you, Father, for bondages uh, broken in Jesus' name. I thank you, Lord, I release your resurrection power into this person's body, into their mind, into their heart, into their finances, Lord. I thank you, Father, for training us up and showing us and teaching us your ways that we would know you, Lord. Like Moses said in, in Deuteronomy 33, teach us your ways that we would know you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you, friend. Richard's coming up with Psalm 41. Praise God for him. We thank you, Lord, and we bless each one of these, our friends, today in Jesus' name. Amen.
1: Psalm 41. Blessed are those who consider the poor, the Lord will deliver them in the day of trouble. The Lord will preserve them and keep them alive, and they will be blessed on the earth, and you will not deliver them to the will of their enemies. The Lord will sustain them on the sickbed. You will restore all his lying down in his illness. I said, Lord, be gracious to me. Heal my soul, for I have sinned against you. My enemies speak evil of me. When will he die and his name perish? And if people come to see me, they speak insincerely. Their heart gathers iniquity to itself. When they go outside, they tell us all who. He all who, who hate me whisper together against me. They devise harm against me. An evil disease things to him. And now that he lies down, he will not rise up again. Yes, my own close friend, in whom I trusted, who ate of my bread, has lifted up the, head, the heel against me. But you, O Lord, be gracious to me, and raise me up, that I may repay them. By this I know that you favor me, because my enemy does not triumph over me. As for me, you uphold me in my integrity, and set me before you forever. Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, from everlasting and to everlasting. Amen and Amen. The Aaronic Blessing The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace, his shalom. In Jesus' name, amen.